Man, or is it too early? Do we still say happy holidays right around this time? I don't know the boundaries, if you will, to all of that. And with that being said, it's very interesting that when you look at the Gospels, especially the ones um, prior to John, Jesus is seen in the Gospels talking a lot about the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, doing his Jesus thing, right? People, new life, getting healed, all these miraculous signs and wonders. But in the Gospel of John, John kind of takes a little bit of a different approach. And in John, we kind of really learn about the divinity that is Jesus, right? Because of his bold declarations and proclamations, right, that are summed up in his seven I am statements. And that's what we're going to be talking about, the I am statements that he declared and that he made. And we'll do that throughout the, the course of the next few weeks. The one that, I, that I'm really humbled and honored to get to um, share with you today is when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And so I think, you know, we're going to get to that, but to understand what it looked like to shepherd in Middle Eastern biblical times, this was a dirty and a dangerous occupation. It was the dirtiest and a dangerous occupation. Many times the shepherd had to fight off lions, tigers, and bears. Yes, score. With really only one tool, which was their shepherd staff that had a hook on it. I didn't bring mine this morning, but myself and Brian, we both have one. But the other probably most important tool or instrument that they had was their voice. It was their voice. And we'll dig into that a little bit as we go through it. But again, as we say, Jesus had to, you know, we have to ask ourselves the question today is why did he have to qualify it as the good shepherd? He just could have said, hey, I'm the shepherd. Right? And it's Jesus. So it probably would have sufficed because it's Jesus. We just sung a song and all we sung was Jesus. And it was like the best worship song ever. Right? But why did the Son of God have to say, no, 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 no. He had to qualify with good. And even today, we qualify things good or not good or bad, or we may even say great. Right? I can remember when I first got married to Stacy, she made a dinner. I didn't qualify it as good, though. But it was dinner right? And I see the faces out there. We've talked about it. We've been married 18 years, so God does it. Amen? But if we're all being honest, good married people, your spouse made a dinner one time, and all you can say is they made dinner. It might not have been good, though. Amen? And you prayed for them, and you asked them never to make that again. Okay? But we're going to dig in today of why Jesus had to qualify his statement as good and make this declaration. And so as we look today, here's the thing. We're going to, you know, why was it important? 
that Jesus had to state, I am the good shepherd. Along with that, though, we have to we have to say what happens when we knowingly or unknowingly follow bad shepherding or a hired hand. And what do those things look like? So we'll qualify both of these things as we move throughout the course of the day. We're going to start by reading John chapter 10. We're going to look at verse 11 and 12. And before I read, I just want to ask God's blessing. Father in heaven, we just thank you so much, first of all, for your goodness. Lord God, I thank you for the privilege and the honor to break open the bread of life. Lord God, we plead the blood of Jesus now that you may move and have your way in the atmosphere of us today. That, Father God, these words that you have given, Father God, that that it goes out and it doesn't come back void because that is your promise. We pray these things now in the name of the good shepherd that is Jesus. And we all said, amen. All right, so when we look at John 10, verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 12, the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. This is a bold declaration by Jesus. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Let's identify words here. The Greek word for good is kalos. Describes that which is noble, wholesome, good, and beautiful. It signifies not only that which is good inwardly, which is character, but also that which is attractive outwardly. And it's a draw, it's an anointing. It is an innate goodness. Therefore, in using the phrase, the good shepherd, and qualifying it that way, Jesus is referencing his inherent goodness, his righteousness, and his beauty. So he's just not flippantly saying, I'm the good shepherd, but there's a basis behind it. And so then when we go and we look at the hired hand, because those are the two, if you will, people or individuals that are described. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I'll lay down my life for the sheep, but not so with the hired hand. Why? Because they're a hired hand. They're just the manager. So when we look back at Middle Eastern shepherding, those shepherds didn't necessarily own the sheep, but what the owner wanted, the the owner wanted the shepherd to love those sheep as if they were his. And therefore they stayed employed. But not so with a hired hand. A hired hand works for wages, which is their main consideration. The concern is not for the sheep, but the concern for the hired hand is for themselves. Am I getting paid? How much am I getting paid? And how much do I got to work? And if there's one that gets away, guess what I'm not doing? I'm not going to find and chase that lost sheep. We'll let the lions, the tigers, and the bears get them. 
So we're seeing already while it's becoming at least important for Jesus to qualify this and say, good shepherd. And as we identify the why, we begin to start to put, if you will, attributes upon the good shepherd. Yes, he's good. But we then we say, well, why is he the good shepherd? Well, the first thing is about the good shepherd is that he gives. He gives. It says it in scripture, he gives. It says what? I lay down or I give my life. For who? For the sheep. Who are the sheep? Well, that's us. Right? We're the sheep. Amen? Come on, let's be excited about that. Are we the sheep? Amen. Everybody's all right. Okay, now I'm going to say something here in a minute. I still want to say that we're the sheep. Amen? But the good shepherd gives his life, or he gives life. Why? By laying his down. So it's an exchange. I'm going to give life because I'm willing to lay mine down. The bad shepherding or the hired hand, they deprive of life. They deprive it. They deprive the sheep of having life. Why? Because they abandon the sheep when the sheep need them the most. They're not willing to take up or give to the sheep, but what they do is they abandon the sheep. They leave. And so if we bring it to present day, when we start looking at we know who the good shepherd is and we qualify him as Jesus because these are Jesus' words. But hired hands could be anything or anybody. A hired hand is always going to promote some bad shepherding. Some of the hired hands that are out there right now are what they call influencers on social media. And I'm not a social media basher. I'm just not a social media person. Right? And I think there's really good stuff in social media. I utilize it. Love Akron. You will see me kind of out there, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not putting it out there because I don't know how to necessarily work it. Right? But there are people around me that do. I see even as Garden City, we have a social media platform where, hey, you can go and you can take in and listen to some of our messages, man, from Pastor Brian or myself. I see words that we put up on social media as a church, and I think it's good and beautiful. The challenge is, is when we let these influencers become the hired hands and they become the bishops and the shepherds of our souls. And it doesn't happen overnight, but over time it will. Over time, the hired hand will become such an influence on our life and in our hearts in the way we think that, man, it kind of leads us astray. But as soon as it gets too hard, as soon as it gets a little rough, what the hired hand is, the hired hand can disconnect because the hired hand is not really concerned about your soul. They just want your likes and your clicks. But if we're not careful, some of those influencers, what they have created, they've created their own congregation. And everybody who follows them are their sheep. So we have to be careful, people of God, that we don't lose track on who's the good shepherd. And know that all these things that may pull us in this world are just simply hired hands. And sometimes they're hired to maybe control us emotionally. And then we get emotionally charged. 
we get emotionally set back. We get emotionally saying, hey, we want to fight this. We need to protest this and we need to stand on this and we need to go do this. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. My question, though, is have we consulted with the good shepherd? Or have we been so used to bad shepherding that we believe what the hired hand is telling us is right? What happens when sheep scatter, they wander? Sheep wander, they get caught up in the thicket. And we'll call the thicket sin. We'll call the thicket being set back. Why? Because sheep, right, that we are, we're dumb and we're dangerous when left without a shepherd. This is what happens. I can tell you from personal experience, without Jesus, I am ignorant. I am dumb. Right? And I am dangerous. Why? Because I will begin to lean upon my own understanding. And my understanding is, is that everything that Kemp says is right. Ain't that right, Stacey? No comment. Right? This is why I'm in need of a shepherd. See, everything that those influencers that we follow, that we see, whether it's the talking heads on the TV and on the news, we begin to follow it. We begin to track it so much so that we begin to, they begin to, it's almost like shepherd our emotions and how it makes us feel. And we begin to stand against. I think this was really evident in the body of Christ four years ago when we had an election. And it was like, man, and we really take value and pride in saying that, hey, man, we want to be a multi-church. And I know we can get really caught up in looking at that just from a racial perspective. When we talk about being a multi-church here, it's multi-any and everything. Every way that the world would seek to separate or divide us, we believe that the good shepherd, that is Jesus, only wants to bring us together. Why? Because we know that we are his flock. We know that we are a pen of sheep together. Amen. And so now we're like, man, then and all this stuff happened. It's like, well, man, you want Trump? You want this person? You want that person? But I didn't hear anybody saying who wanted Jesus. And then we put the shepherding responsibility into these hired hands. That every four years, they're trying to get our vote. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't vote. I'm not saying any of those things. I think voting is good. I think we should vote as a people. What we have to be very, very careful of is that we don't allow there to be a politicalization of our Christianity. Because, see, man, we just serve the good shepherd. And Jesus was he himself into Man, social justice. He wanted to see that for people who was hurting. And we'll get to those people because there were people that came before him. And we'll dive into this a little bit in in Ezekiel. But man, justice for his people is right. We have to be careful, though, when we try to jump to a side. We have to be careful about letting the sides, the hired hands, shepherd us emotionally to where now we're pitting ourselves against one another, especially in the body of Christ. Why? Because people in the body of Christ, we have to understand that we are living epistles being read daily of this world. And so you don't have to necessarily be 
a pastor to be a shepherd. But a lot of times people are watching us and we're shepherding people that we even don't know because they're watching us. And they're following us, even though we might not be on social media. They're following our behavior. They're following the things that we're doing. And again, it was so important that Jesus qualified and says, I am the good shepherd because, hey, Kemp is not. Pastor Brian is not. But we are shepherds in his flock. And we are also sheep. Amen? So let's start qualifying some of this stuff. Good shepherd gives life. Bad shepherding, hired hands, they deprive us of life. They take it away. Why? Because they abandon us when we need them most. They're not there with you when you're in the middle of the night and you're crying and you're hurt and you're sad. That influencer is influencing who they need to influence, but they're not the good shepherd. They can't give you what you need in your time of need. John, verse 14. Jesus again says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me, I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep again. He reiterates again that he is the good shepherd. And again, he says, I lay down my life for my, for my sheep. But then he puts in this very good caveat that says, just as the father knows me, I know the father. There's a relationship there. There's familiarity there. There's a relationship. Then Jesus goes on to say, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. Praise God. Because that's us. I got some other knuckleheads out there that think they know, but I got to go and get them too because why? I don't want to leave anybody out. Why? Because this is what he has given me. He says, I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. One flock and one shepherd. Jesus again, I am the good shepherd. So the good shepherd that is Jesus, he guards and he guides relationally. He guards and he guides relationally. He's a relational shepherd. We know it because he says, hey, man, they will listen to my voice. They will know me. Me and my father, I know my father. My father knows me. There's another, there's another group of sheep that are not in this pen. I got to go get them. See, he's trying to guard the relationship. He's trying to guide those sheep back into the fold of where they need to be. See, what the good shepherd does is he guards and he guides relationally. They will too listen to my voice. Again, we said it. The shepherd, their biggest weapon is their voice. While I was preparing in the study for this, I'd read a, a study that said there were a group of shepherds, I think it was about seven of them, that brought all their sheep in one, in one pen and made them all one flock. And the shepherds were able to kind of fellowship and to dialogue with one another, you know, do the shepherding thing. We know what shepherds do. No, we don't. Right? Outside the sheep. 
but they had fellowship with one another. But they said when it was time to leave, think about this. So you got seven shepherds. You probably got over what? You're definitely over 200 sheep. And it's like, man, how are we all going to get, like, nobody name tagged when they came in. <laughs> like, the sheep didn't put on the name tag, and they know that, hey, man, you belong to Brian, you belong to, to Jay, you belong to Stacy, you belong to me. Like, and there's no name tags. So they said when it was time to depart and time to go, each sheep went one at a time, and they either whistled or they said something, and those sheep was like, oh, man, that's my guy. And as he began to walk out and talk or whistle, whatever he did with his voice, his sheep just fell all in line and they just followed him out. I was like, wow. To have to train and do that. So that tells me relationally, we have to train our ears to hear. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Brian just talked for the past four weeks about shame, amen? But then he talked last week about our ability and our willingness to be able to preach to ourselves. Why? When I begin to preach to myself and see, I do it out loud. I ain't no, I ain't no, how oh, well, and if you are, that's all right. Don't worry about that, amen? But see, I like to do it out loud because I need to hear the word of God. I need to hear myself saying it. I need to see it and I need to hear it because the more I hear it, the more glad I get because I'm like, oh man, yeah, that's daddy. See, that ain't Kemp no more. I couldn't come up with that, but I know that's the good shepherd speaking to me, amen? The good shepherd guards and guides us relationally. Let's go over to Ezekiel. Chapter 34. This, this is very, very interesting to me. And I, I was like, man, am I doing too much? Should I leave it out? But I'm like, man, I can't leave it out because we got we to gotta kind of compare and contrast some things here. He had to call himself the good shepherd for a reason. I think Ezekiel 34 is going to tell us. Ezekiel, we know, is, is a prophet. And so the word of the Lord came. He said, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Whoa. So, so let's qualify this. We say the shepherds of Israel that, of that time, that meant the kings, the priests, and the prophets who had oversight of the affairs of the Jewish nation. Those were the shepherds of that time. So Jesus says, prophesy not for, but against them. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus saith the Lord God, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed sheep? This is Daddy God speaking through the prophet Ezekiel. And what he's seen is shepherds feeding themselves. God then asked the question, should not shepherds feed the sheep? He goes on to say, you eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. 
The weak have not been strengthened. The sick have not been healed. The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought after. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. My, my prayer, not just for myself, but my prayer for anybody who pastors, who shepherds people, is that this is not our report. Because this is a report of bad shepherding. This is a report of the hired hands because they don't care. There are things here that directly oppose Jesus being the good shepherd. First of all, they wasn't getting fed. They wasn't clothed. The weak were not strengthened. The sick were not healed. The injured was not bound up. When they strayed away, nobody went out to look for them or to bring them back. They were lost. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food to the wise, to the wild animals, excuse me. See, that's what happens. That's what happens to us as sheep. When we're not being led and guided by the good shepherd and guarded relationally by the good shepherd, and through hired hands we receive bad shepherding, We have to understand that what that does is that destroys and deceives us relationally. It destroys and deceives us relationally. And the reason why those shepherds of that time didn't make sure people were whole, restored, fed is because they were just fleecing the flock. They didn't care. Why? Because, man, I'm a king. Well, what do I have to do with, do with that? That means nothing to me. And a lot of times these people that we see, that we may follow, that we may listen to, that we may support, there's nothing wrong with supporting people. We want to support our interests and things that are important to us. But it's something I never forgot, man. Pastor Brian, man, he preached this, man, a couple of years ago. But it was this concept of pie. Anybody remember that pie? I ain't talking about apple pie. I'm talking about like a concept, a way of thinking, right? But the P stands for preferred. The I was important and the E was essential. And the point he was making was the moment he's like, yeah, there's going to be things that we prefer, right? Some of y'all in here, we'll pray for you. Y'all prefer, I think this team called the Buckeyes. God bless you. I hope it works out for you sometime. Right? But it's important for me to follow the Crimson Tide. Roll Tide. Nobody. Oh, somebody's back. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Let's make sure we get up out of here. Thank you, sister. I appreciate you. Right? Let's make sure we get out of here. Pastor Brian, make sure we get out safely today. Amen? But then there's the things that are essential. But if we allow our interests to come in the way of what's essential, 
The point Pastor Brian was making back then is, who do we push out? And it was Jesus. That's who we push out. So let's be careful about how we take things we prefer and things that are important and we try to move it into the essential category. When here's the thing, I may prefer them, you may prefer this, and it may even be important to us, but it's not essential. What's essential? Our fellowship, our support, us keeping him as the good shepherd. That's what's essential. The moment that we allow the things that we prefer, the things that are important, to move him out of the essential box. Now, what I'm going to say is, hey, man, where's that higher hand at in your life? We've gotten some bad shepherding. I've gotten some bad shepherding. I need to go correct it. See, that's why it's good, man. There's the fellowship of the brothers and the sisters together. Because, see, now we can be encouragement to one another. We can start to see, man, when there's one of us as sheep that are kind of that are kind of straying just a little bit. I'm not straying. I'm not saying from a standpoint of, oh man, they ain't been to church. I ain't talking about that. But just sometimes emotionally, man, we can begin to see and discern, man, there's a little bit of straying on. Hey, hey, brother, sister, are you okay? Everything all right with you? And now we can help by praying to the good shepherd to get them back in the sheepfold. So again, when we talk about the good shepherd, the good shepherd gives life. He guards and guides relationally. Bad shepherding, hired hands, man, they deprive us of life. And they destroy and deceive us relationally. They destroy and deceive us. We're thinking that, no, man, I'm, I'm thinking about this, right? I'm going about this, right? It's like, no, man, we get destroyed and we get deceived. Here's the great thing. As Jesus is talking to this crowd of Jewish people, it was important that he said it because why? They all, they know prophecy, they know history. The Pharisees, man, they're studiers of the law. So they understood and they knew this. In the challenge with us right now in this day and time, the, the, the bad shepherding and the false, the false shepherds, they're still out there. So we have to be aware, we have to be discerning. We have to guard our hearts with all vigilance. And as we continue to read in John 10, someone asked a question, and it was kind of like this thing, like, well, okay, well, stall us out, Jesus. Here's the bottom line, man. Are you him or aren't you? Like, just tell us. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm good on all the cloak and dagger stuff, the parables, and all the stuff you want me to feel that. Just tell me plainly, are you the Messiah? And Jesus says, listen, man, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, and some of you still don't believe. Some of you still don't believe. So if you still need me to tell you and make it sure after all this stuff, after telling you I'm the good shepherd, after telling you I give life because I laid out my life, so I exchange it and I do all these things and you still don't believe. Okay. Here's our assurance in the good shepherd. And it's found in John 10, 28 through 30. Jesus tells the people, I give them, the sheep, eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one, no one, no one, no thing will snatch them out of my hand. Thank you, thank you, Jesus! Because there's been things in my life where, man, I didn't want to be in his hand no more. 
It ain't comfortable in his hand no more, Jesus. It doesn't fit, man. I've outgrown your hand and it's so hard. But he says, no, no, no. I will not let no one, no thing, not even you, snatch you out of my hand. My father who has given them to me. See, we've been placed in his hand by daddy God. He is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand and I and my father are one come on back up here band the good shepherd he gives he guards and he guides and if there's something going on in your life right now where you don't have that and you feel a little bit more of deprived you feel like the things around you are destroying you and you feel like you're getting deceived by the things around you, there's some bad shepherding and some hired hands that are going on that may be in your life that you need to separate yourself from. But if you're in here this morning and you're like, man, I'm interested. My ears are perked into this good shepherd and what all that looks like and what all that means. Man, we would love to talk to you more about that. And there's, there's many many sheep in this pen that would love to talk to you about the good shepherd that would love to share themselves and to share their testimony about who the good shepherd is and how the good shepherd's been to them and how the good shepherd's word is faithful that man there the world was trying to pluck me out of his hand but man i'm still in the hand of christ and he's kept me through man breakups divorces he's kept me from Man, bad grades, bad jobs, bad relationships, bad decisions. He kept me. He didn't allow not even myself to remove me from his hand. That is the good shepherd. He is, man, viciously fighting for us, for his sheep. He goes out. And I remember a time when I was lost, man, and he came and got me through some brothers and some sisters. They came to my house and they knocked on my door. And I ain't ashamed to say it, man. There was, there was, there was weed smoke in the house. My brother was getting loose. But they came and got me. Because I put everything into all these other things and they came and got me. And Jesus was like, man, because he was there through all of it anyway. And he says, I'm not going to allow this to happen. Because one day, son, you're going to go have to give a word and you have to tell people why I am the good shepherd. And today is that day, amen. God is so good. And nothing can pluck us out of his hand, amen. And we'll celebrate him as we take communion this morning. And we'll remember and we'll, we can linger in this space and we can pray in this space and say, man, thank you so much. Because this communion grounds us in the fact that he is a giver. He gave us his life. And right now it's in your hand. 
we'll take this communion to remember and to commemorate him for that for his sacrifice and how he said man I lay down my life and what you have in your hand is proof and evidence of that amen let's pray together father in heaven we are we are so grateful for you we are grateful for the good shepherd that is Jesus who gives life who guards and guides us into greener pastures of relationship with you. Father, I pray right now that if there's anybody here that, man, that has experienced some bad shepherding, some hired hands have been in their life just kind of, man, just depriving them of life and of goodness and of joy that has destroyed them just through negative talk, negative self-esteem, that has deceived them to think that, man, you should be going this way, not that way. Who is this Jesus? He can't do anything for you. Lord God, we just pray right now. And we thank you, Father God, for the opportunity that we can draw close to your righteousness, to your goodness, and to your beauty. We pray that you have your way in our time of worship and of praise as we take this communion to remember the good shepherd that is Jesus, the author, the finisher, and the perfecter of our faith. In his name we pray. Amen.